It is time for another edition of The Whole World is Going Crazy, But You Don't Have To. That's right, the title of a great book written by me. <laughs> uh, so how do you actually experience real joy in life? Well, you can read about it or you can listen to this podcast because there are essential steps that you can take to actually experience more joy, more meaning. And your externals don't have to change for you to experience a more meaningful and joyful life or live longer or improve your relationships and make you a preacher of the gospel. This is only a partial list. What do you have to do? You just have to embrace that one cliche, (laughs) which science supports. Count your blessings. Counting your blessings. Let me begin by making a subtle distinction between gratitude and appreciation. Gratitude. Uh, Gratitude asks that you take in and recognizes all of the good. The blessings in your life. You realize that you have and give thanks. The key to becoming more grateful is recognizing the big and more importantly, the small blessings in your life. For instance, you don't need to live in a mansion to be grateful. You can be grateful when you experience and luxuriate in the comfort of an old warm blanket on a cold day. Having more doesn't necessarily make you more grateful. In fact, it could have just the opposite effect. If you live in a climate-controlled mansion, you're probably less grateful to possess an old warm blanket. However, if you lack the luxury of a home and adequate clothing, you are more likely to feel grateful for that blanket. But neither riches nor poverty makes you grateful. Acknowledging and giving thanks for the blessing, big or small, is what does that. Now, appreciation is somewhat more external. It recognizes the qualities of the good that exist outside of you. However, the benefits of appreciation are only fully realized when you express or comment on the good and the other to the other. So you can understand the value your spouse offers your family by their sacrifice or hard work. But unless you express what you see, they may be left feeling that what they do has no value. Now, there are tremendous benefits to gratitude and expressing appreciation. Some research has shown that it boosts the body's immune response by lowering stress, which has a positive correlation with heart health. It has been shown to contribute to an overall sense of well-being. It can cause feelings of anxiety and foster positive emotions. In other words, it can limit the anxiety. It contributes to health of your current relationships while also helping to promote new ones. Expressing appreciation for your partner improves relationship satisfaction and happiness. And it's been shown to increase optimism which also has positive health benefits, including healthy aging. And as I stated earlier, it'll also make you a preacher of the gospel, and I'm going to get to that shortly. Now, before I get into how you foster gratitude and appreciation, let me give you a little heads up. The brain has what's called a negativity bias, which means that gratitude and appreciation don't just happen automatically. I hate to see it, say this, but your brain is somewhat wired to pay more attention to the negative, wrong, or out of place. And this isn't a bad thing, as long as it's checked. Have you ever had the experience of saying, I just had that sixth sense that something was wrong? 
My gut just told me, well, I hate to break the bad news to you, but you still only have five senses like regular folk, right? But what is happening is that you're taking in little bits of information with your five senses and your brain then analyzes it and it tells you of the threat or what is wrong. And one of the many ways that it does this, besides that little bell going off in your head, is that you also feel something in your gut. Remember, you sense, right? With all of your felt sensations. You remember with all of your felt sensations, as well as with your brain. And unless you're a Vulcan related to Spock, you know what love feels like. Or if you feel rejected, you can get that sinking feeling in your gut. This, again, is a skill that can be developed. That, that sixth sense, that, mm, my gut's telling me something. Police officers do this all the time. They take in little bits of information and perceive what somebody might be a threat or what they're doing It's how it might be a threat. And the little pieces of information may include how someone holds their hands or where and how their eyes move and the briefest of hesitations in answering a question. In this case, the negative, negativity bias is sensing what is wrong with the tiniest clues. Of course, this isn't a skill that just police officers or other professionals use. You began developing this skill early in your life. In seconds, you could tell whether it was an excellent time to ask your mom or dad if you could go out on Saturday night, <laughs> they didn't have to tell you they were in a bad mood. You perceived the tiniest pieces of evidence. And the negativity bias warns you of a present threat and tells your brain to remember the negative. For instance, my gut reminds me to never, ever, 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 never, ever, never again buy my wife fantastic cooking utensils for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. And maybe her look and words were subtle or not. But she'd have to go overboard and beg me before I ever entertain such a notion again. And that's pretty unlikely. To learn from our mistakes, we have to remember. And negativity bias helps us to do that. But keeping this in mind, recall the earlier podcast on marriage and happy couples and how they work to remember the past fondly your brain will easily remember every slight and misstep thanks to the negativity bias. It takes more effort to remember the good. Without the negativity bias, you wouldn't recognize the threat or potential harm. It allows you to see if a relationship is going south in little ways so that you can take steps to remedy it. However, if your negativity bias is left unchecked, all you'll see is what is wrong and perceive everything as a threat. And it can happen quite quickly. You then may earn the name, nickname Negative Nancy or Pessimistic Pat, but far worse, you will experience less joy, anxiety, and fear will run your life. Your relationships will suffer, and you will probably live a shorter and less healthy life. This is the science. But now that you see how and why the negativity bias serves you, you must also recognize how and why it works against you, your relationships and your overall sense of well-being. If all you see is what is wrong, you'll be left feeling pessimistic and hopeless. There's great beauty in life and living. And if you rise above the negativity bias, you'll be more able to see and experience it. Thanksgiving is a beautiful holiday. 
unless, of course, you have dish duty. But other than that, most people enjoy it. It's, it's not that it's just socially acceptable to eat vast quantities of food and then immediately fall asleep. It's not even the football. Instead, it's a day when you are asked to think about your blessings and be grateful. No presents are necessary. It's not a day about getting, just the opposite. Many people feel more compelled to volunteer on days like Thanksgiving. Gratitude does that. You give thanks, acknowledge your blessings, and feel more obliged to give to others. Recognizing how you are blessed fosters generosity. But God doesn't want you to just be grateful on some days, but all days. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says that God wants you to be cheerful and give thanks no matter what is going on, no matter what happens. It's an everyday, all-time command, not just when you get the new toy or go on vacation or whatever else. When Jesus broke bread with the disciples, he always gave thanks, even at the Last Supper, before his imminent and brutal crucifixion. You may have bad days when disasters befall you, but this is the model you have been given. Give thanks always. Now, I could go on and on and on talking about examples from Scripture that have to do with giving thanks and gratitude. I'm not going to do that, but I want to just give you a couple of examples to highlight this. In Matthew chapter 8, Jesus met a man with leprosy. And the man asked Jesus to heal him. You guessed it, Jesus healed him. Jesus wanted to heal him. But after the man was healed, Jesus instructed the man not to talk about what happened, but to make the appropriate offering to the priest. It wasn't how the man would talk about it that would bear witness to the miracle. It was how the man would live out his life of gratitude that would speak of who Jesus was and what he had done. You are drawn to others who are grateful and joyful. And when others see this in you, they may ask about the source of your joy, just as people question the leper about his healing. Now, you may have all sorts of beliefs about how your life has fared, but there is one thing for sure. God's sacrifice offers you eternal life. What do you have to do to gain it? Accept it and believe You don't earn or deserve it. It's a gift. And when you receive that gift and give thanks, the joy in your life becomes evident to others with your gratitude. The evidence of that gift is then how you live out that salvation life by giving and loving others. It all stems from gratitude. However, despite being given this incredible gift, gratitude is not automatic. The best example of this, I think, is found in Luke chapter 17. A group of 10 lepers approached Jesus and asked to be healed. Go show yourselves to the priests, he said. By faith, they obeyed. En route, they were all healed. Amazing. But even more interesting is that only one of the 10 returned to Jesus to give thanks. One. Paradoxically, reflecting on death can also foster gratitude. Not only can you treasure the gift of this life, but the life yet to come. 
And when you recognize the impermanence of this life, you will be drawn to consider what matters, cultivating the relationships around you, seeing the good in others, and wanting to nurture and participate in it. When you take in the magnificence of creation, you can't help but feel awe and appreciation, and you are made in the image of God. Scripture speaks only of man as having this trait. Only man. You are God's most splendid creation. And for that, you must give thanks. Everything in this life is fleeting. Whatever you have today may well very be gone tomorrow. But if you give thanks for what you have, whether the big or the small, you will enjoy it more deeply. Gratitude and appreciation. Cultivate. Cultivate it and live that life that God intends you to live. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, always forward.